Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast, from NFL to multi-millionaire real estate investor, Dean Rogers. Met him at Family Mastermind with Matt Andrews. He's such a good dude. He got on stage, killed it. Just great energy, larger-than-life type of guy. You saw him walk through the room. He was always seemed excited to be talking to everybody he was talking to. He always had a smile on his face. He, he always seemed present. I was kind of watching him from afar. I was a little new to the Mastermind, but I connected with him offline, and he was more than happy to come on and share his story. And Obviously, did some background, some research on him. I mean, just an incredible guy. Everything that you would want to see in somebody who wins and really just epitomizes what we look for in the A-Game podcast is somebody that, you know, he he made it to the, the top of what you look for in sports, made it to the NFL and had to make all these decisions, reinvent himself, went through the trials, went through the struggles. People think you made all these millions of dollars and then you don't have to worry about anything. He had an unfair advantage and you'll see that he absolutely didn't. So tells an incredible story. I thought I knew a lot about him. I learned some really interesting things and I really enjoyed hearing him talk. And, you know, it's very relatable. You know, he hasn't been in the game that long and to accomplish what he's accomplished in the markets that he's doing it in the time he's doing it. And you just take the same principles of success that you used to be successful in one thing. And he pivoted to the other thing. So we talk about what it takes, the mindset, reinventing yourself, self-talk habits, discipline, athletes, UFC fighters, jujitsu guys listening and watching this, you're going to love this type of stuff. So life after baseball, like, you know, getting yourself back up to seven figures, not having to lose your identity, not have to sacrifice your health, your brain and all that kind of stuff. And then we get into some technical stuff as far as like choosing his markets, how to, how to really run a virtual wholesaling business, how to bring it up to a hundred deals plus every single year, what that looks like, what his team looks like, how he manages that, what his day-to-day -day looks like, uh, marketing, what he does to, to get the best deals, how he partners up with different people, really, really interesting technical stuff. Then we get into social media because he's out there now. He's a visionary. He's the face. He's the brand. So we started to do that. He talks about a lot of different ways. 40% of his deals, I think, come from ways that he's actually not spending a single dollar on advertising. So huge thing for some of you starting out. If you're looking for ways to get some deals, get started without having to put in your own money in, amazing information that he gives here. And then social media, how to use social media the right way now to attract relationships, attract money, get deals, how to promote it, the right things to do, the wrong things to do, what not to do on your social media. And then how he's helping out investors just like you to get into the game of real estate and find out how to be friends with benefits with Dean Rogers, probably not what you think it is, but either way, definitely check it out. You'll see him in all the show notes. So definitely check out his website, check out his playbook, check out his YouTube, check out his podcast, all the links to follow Dean and connect with him on social media and everywhere else are going to be in there. So definitely take him up on that. Good guy gets the star approval. Excellent guest. Really appreciate him. Good human, good investor and an outstanding guest. While you're checking out links, don't forget, check out www.nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S, for guests like Dean to keep coming on, the price of admission so we can keep doing this for another two, three, four, five, six hundred episodes and bringing you amazing multimillionaire guests and success stories to tell you what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and how you can benefit from that is just to subscribe to the podcast. Please, you're scrolling on social media anyway. When you go to nicknicknick.com slash links, the A-Game podcast is literally available everywhere. 
takes two seconds to hit the subscribe button. If you have another 30 seconds, you can leave a five-star review, leave some comments on there about what you enjoy. And while you're on nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S, you can find all the ways to follow me on social media from Twitter to LinkedIn to Instagram to TikTok to YouTube to all that stuff. I'd say I'm most active on Instagram and YouTube right now. I will be posting clips from this episode. The fee for this to have guests just keep coming back on is to, to interact on social media. Again, you guys are scrolling on social media all day anyway. When I post these things, please like them, share them, leave a question for Dean, leave a little fist bump, tag a friend. That means the world when we post these clips that the guests know that you're watching, you're getting value from it. And if I'm not popping up in your feed, just search my name, Nick LaMagna, or again, click on any of the things on nick.com slash links so I can hit your algorithm and they're start popping up. But amazing guests, a lot more to come. I really appreciate it, Dean. I appreciate you guys listening. And the whole thing here is I want to do real estate together. So his version of Friends with Benefits, similar type of stuff. If you want to buy real estate from me, if you want to sell properties to me, or if you want to partner on some level, just either DM me directly and with the words real estate so I know to look at it like we're going to do business together, or just shoot me a text message, 516-540-5733. Just text the word real estate, and we can start that conversation. And of course, last but certainly not least, if you're looking for a way to get a free checklist to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent broker or real estate wholesaler, Go to nicknicknick.com slash bigger pockets for a free checklist on how to do that. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you so much for interacting proactively on the social media. And thank you, Dean Rogers, for coming on and being a total stud. Shout out to Matt Andrews for putting us together. Thank you so much, A Game Podcast. Have a great day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, my guest today is an athlete and entrepreneur fighting out of California who went from a professional NFL player with the San Diego Chargers and made a very tough decision to make a change and reinvent himself as a full-time real estate investor, now running a massively successful business virtually, where he has flipped and wholesaled over 500 homes and has a rental portfolio of over eight figures in value. He is now a podcast host and is sharing his journey of going from an NFL player to a millionaire and is coaching others to do the same with what he has created, known as the wholesale playbook. He's helping people show and learn the same financial future that he's created himself. And he's the co-founder of the Central California Real Estate Investing Group. We have my fellow family mastermind brother with a fantastically entertaining, educational, and informative social media that everybody should be checking out. The larger the life and character, charisma, and of course, in size, Dean Rogers today. Welcome. Thank you for coming on the A-Game Podcast. Pleasure to have you on today, sir. Dude, thanks for having me, man. That was uh, quite the intro. I, I fumbled. I fumbled it a little bit here and there, but I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. We got we got it close enough. We got it where we needed to go, man. So, dude, I appreciate okay. you coming on, man. I've been excited to have you on since the, the first time I saw you, first time I got to meet you. You were very nice to jump on and agree to kind of come in and share your story. For anybody who might be living under a rock and is not 100% familiar with you yet, can you give like a 30,000-foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, so, I mean, just the elevator pitch on who I am. So, I started my career in the NFL and... I mean, it was the dream, right? Like it was incredible, everything about it. We'll get into that later, but transition to the corporate world, realized that was not going to get me back to that dream life that I saw was possible and found real estate. And so I've been doing real estate investing for 10 years now. Uh, I do all my investing in central California where I grew up, but I live in beautiful San Diego and enjoy everything down here. Um, like you said, I've done uh, now close to 600 deals and have, you know, my rental portfolio right around $10 million. And just I, something I've been crazy passionate about the past, a little over a year is coaching students, how to get started in real estate. I'd kind of been doing it, um, here and there before, but just had a lot of people push me to do it. And 
it's been really rewarding and fulfilling. So that's the, that's the elevator pitch. That's awesome, man. I, you know, I think it's uh it's very interesting because I've heard you say part of this stuff that got you started and really going was, uh, I think Sean Terry and like Dean Grazioso and a lot of these types of guys. And, um, you know, I, I used to hear a lot of the Carlton sheets. Oh, I got the Carlton sheet box. And I, I feel like now Sean Terry has become like the Carlton yeah. sheets from the next generation. But I always think it's really interesting because you, you get, you could talk to so many people that go, Oh yeah, I bought the Carlton sheets book or I bought the Sean Terry course, or I sat in the same classroom. Everybody has the same information, but somebody who literally listened to the same exact course, took the same stuff you did, went home and went real estate doesn't work. It's a scam. And you went and created a multimillion dollar lifestyle from it. What do you think the difference is from the people that sit there and they get the same info that separates somebody who goes home that is not successful from somebody that is? Man, I love that question because the reality is, is especially today in the information age that we're in, literally everything you could possibly want to know specifically to real estate, not to mention, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of ever, other industries with real estate specifically, you can learn everything you could possibly want to on YouTube. Like it's all there. <laughs> it's all there. Everything that I teach is on YouTube, right? Everything I teach my coaching students. The difference is, is there's so much information that it can become overwhelming. And people will get analysis paralysis, and then they won't have that person they can reach out to that coach, that mentor to really answer the easy questions and answer the hard, difficult decision type making questions. And that's where, you know, the coach and the mentor has really risen to be that, that person to elevate people to new levels. Cause there is so much information, but to go back to what you said, what separates the difference between the person that says this just doesn't work. This, this, I knew it was fake. Right. Um, and the person who made millions of dollars, the biggest difference is just taking action is just taking action. So what I love before we got started here, as you said, the audience, a lot of it is athletes, right? So we're all athletes on the call here. We're all, all most of the people listening are athletes. You get it. You understand that you don't get the results that you want in the ring. You don't get the results that you want on the court, on the field without putting in the work. There's going to be people who are more athletic, that are faster, stronger. I was never the fastest, the strongest, the most athletic. I put in the work consistently and I, I made sure to take care of my body and get the rest that it needed and took care of it. And um, fortunately didn't have a lot of injuries, right? I beat the hell out of my body, <laughs> but I didn't have a lot of like season ending type injuries. Um, and I think it's a lot because of the way I took care of myself and prepared. And so I think it's the same is transferable to now I'm out of sports. What's next? There's always life after the sport you're playing, right? Um, unless you're playing golf and you can play till you die. So <laughs> um, there's always life after and you got to figure out your way in the world. And it's, it's tough, dude, because with the structure of sports, you, you might have to be disciplined, but there's still structure there. You know, there's kind of like a blueprint and a roadmap on how to be successful. You can see the people around you and what they're doing, and it's kind of obvious, right? And you might kind of link, uh, link arms with somebody and kind of train with them and see what their plan is. But when it comes to the real world of no one's here to save you, right? It's, 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 you got to figure it out. There's really no safety net. And 
you got to do something to pay the bills. Um, it's different, man. And it's a little bit scary at first. And I just remember when I was done playing football, we'll probably come back to more stories to, to add more color to this. But when I was done with football, a huge part of my identity was now gone. You know what I mean? If you're listening to this and you're like, dude, that was heavy. I get it. Like you get it. Your identity is wrapped up in like being the athlete, right? Being the stud, um, being the person who is, is the winner. Right. Um, and now that you're not that person, like who am I now? And I just remember thinking to myself, I didn't think about it at the time. Well, I guess I did. Yeah. I was just like, dude, I'm not going to be a nobody. I like, I saw this incredible life. I walked away from it, um, for, for reasons we'll get into, but I wasn't going to be a nobody now at all. There was nothing that was going to let me be a nobody. There was no way in hell I wasn't going to be successful and be somebody again. And I just had to, and real estate was what I found that was going to get me back there. So it just comes back to, are you going to put in the work or you're not? Cause no one else is going to do it for you. And if you put in the work, you're going to have some failures. You're going to get knocked down. But if you get back up and you don't quit, then dude, it's limitless. Cause the, the barrier to entry is pretty low and most people just give up. And if you don't give up, then you're just going to, you're just going to rise to the top. I love that dude. There's, there's a hundred different things we can pull off from there that I think are just all great topics, but you know, the, the term like game day guy, I think Uriah Faber was the first guy to say it, but I love that you've talked about that of just like taking the accountability and showing up. And I tell people like everybody wants that success part. Like my, my coach, Matt Sarah, you're a UFC hall of famer. I remember he said one day, he's like, man, everybody wants to be able to walk into the bars or the clubs and have like people give you free drinks and guys want to take your picture and girls think you're cute. And like all these, like they want all the stuff that comes with that, but they forget that a few times a year, you got to fight a guy in a cage on pay-per-view in your underwear. Like they don't want to do that part. Like the firefighters <laughs> want all the girls to want to date the firefighter, but they don't want to actually jump into a burning building a few times a year. And I feel like that's the difference. And I've heard you, I think you might've coined the term, dude. I heard anybody say it, but entrepreneurs, I thought it was perfect because Everybody wants like the good stuff that they see on Instagram, but they don't understand all the stuff that goes on in the background and, and like kind of parlaying into that. One of the things that you've done is everybody that I ask about like, Hey man, like what were the big things that made you successful? They all say it wasn't the big things. It was the small things, which is kind of what you were saying. It's yeah. like the sleep I got, the rest I got, like all those things. It's like all these little things that I did every day were the recipe to where I got to where I am. So was that something that was always in you? Because I, I assume like most people, oh, I want to be an athlete, but most of them will never make it to the NFL. And people want to be real estate investors, but most people never make a million dollars. And how you do anything is how you do everything. And obviously you're a guy who brings his A game to everything. So is that something you learned or something you just always had? I, I think I've always had the the blue collar worker in me. Um, you know, I grew up watching my parents be entrepreneurs and put in the extra work and you know, going, driving to the office on Saturdays to go get stuff ready for the next week or finish up some work that needed to be done. Um, I also saw like the good and bad that came with it too. Like I saw, Hey, us going on trips to Europe. And I also saw like, Hey, money's really tight right now. And hearing my parents talk about that and like being concerned about it as a kid, you know? So I saw like the good and the bad as, an entrepreneur's life can be as also as an athlete's life can be, you know, like you're going to go through ups and downs. Like you might be winning 
and in your winning season, and you might have like, now I've lost some games, I've lost some matches, or I'm not getting playing time, or I'm not, you know, getting, getting into the ring or whatever it is. Um, and you got to fight back. Right. So I think that has it always been in me? I think I've just always been willing to do the work and, um, and I love the game. I love the hustle of the game. Um, I get excited for like, you know, game day. And, um, and I think some people live only for game day or live only for the benefits. And I just love the game. Like, I think it's the, the kid in me who loves, you know, just playing pickup basketball and like loves just playing games. So, um, you got to want it, you know, you got to want it and, uh, you got to be willing to do the small stuff if you want to get the rewards. I love that, man. You know, you, you said something I've never thought of until you were just going through that, but as an athlete, it is as much as it's a team sport, it's still individual accountability stuff you have to do every day. But then I think if you're good at what you do and you're like a normal person, you start to care about wanting to be better so you can be a better teammate. You don't want to let your teammates down, your coaches down and stuff like that. And you had that around you for the majority of your sports life. And then you get into business and then it does become a little bit of being alone on an island. Do you think that finding like family mastermind, a lot of these other things that you're doing and being around those groups, does that bring you a little bit back to having that team atmosphere where you are around a bunch of high level performers now, like you would be in the locker room when you were playing in the NFL? Yeah, there's no question. I, I relate joining a mastermind, going to a meetup group, um, you know, finding people in your community equivalent to being in the locker room, you know? <laughs> Um, I just remember like when I first got signed by the chargers and I showed up and I, you know, was in the locker room and three lockers away was Philip rivers. And right next to him was Antonio Gates. Like that was pretty nuts and felt super surreal. And I just remember them coming up to me and introducing themselves to me being like, Hey, Dino, how's it going? You know, Philip rivers got a Southern draw to, to how, what he, how he talks. And I'm just like, this is crazy, you know, but it's, once you're, it's, it's one of those things. Once you're on the team, once you are in the mastermind, once you're a part of the community, like those are your peers and that change that can change overnight, just like it did for me in the NFL. And just like it is, I'm living it out now. I've kind of like kept my head down for years. And now this is kind of like my coming out season. Like I've made it, I've arrived type of thing. Um, so I've been joining masterminds and joining groups. Now it's, it feels similar to being in the locker room. Now it's like, oh, I know you, I know you, I know you. Like I've been watching you for years and seeing you win and share your story. And, and so that feels very similar to me. Um, and that is the cheat code. That's the modern day cheat code. In the, in the world of business, it's less exclusive than <laughs> joining the NFL, right? Being in the NFL or the NBA or, you know, being the... Uh, the main event on the fight card, right? Like you can pay to play and, and accelerate your, your circle of influence and your success just by being in proximity to these people. And that's why I, for many years knew about it, but didn't really experience it. But now that I'm experiencing it, it's like, dude, just going to one event, not to mention there's many more that follow, but just one event as part of this mastermind, I always leave with just so many more connections, so many more ideas, so many more opportunities. 
and it's just insanely exciting. Dude. It's just, it's fun. That's really cool, man. There's a, uh, so there's, there's one other thing that I want to side talk on before I get into the next question, which you brought up that I think is a, a topic you probably spend the rest of the time on, but my buddy, John Vellante. So he's a former UFC fighter, but he was a, a football player first. And I remember I asked him one day, man, I was like, yeah, Yo, you, you know, you having a kid, which would be like the thing, would you let him play football or would you let him be a fighter? And he was like, dude, I had so many worse injuries and so many more concussions and head injuries in football than I ever had fighting. And that sounds like crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it, you know, it made, it made a lot of sense because he was like, you know, like we're kind of looking at each other and where you really get hurt, it's, you know, back to the business thing. But I always tell everybody when somebody gets knocked unconscious, the first thing they say when they woke up is what happened? It's the thing they didn't see. And, and a lot of football, he said, was you don't see it coming. You know, you're getting hit by a 300-pound guy running full speed, whereas boxing, you're almost like prepared for it. But, you know, your story a little bit, if you can go into it, the reason you got out of it, because I think it's it's such a an awakening story about reinvention and pivoting. And especially after the last two or three years we've had, I think people look at those and, and they, th they see the opportunity of this is who I used to be. They identify with a certain thing. They have their comfort zone. And they look at it as a terrible thing. And I think you almost took it as like the, you know, the cocoon of turning into a, like you, you use that as like a transformation for the better, but you know, it, it's just how you look at it and what you do with that opportunity. So I'd love for you to talk about like what led you down that path. Cause some people are forced to it, but some people make that decision. And I think the fact that you proactively make that decision is very special. Yeah. So my story, you know, I, like I said, overnight, literally could not have been more different. It went from just kind of growing up, doing everything to get to the next level. But I was always, always, always the underlooked guy. I always did well at each level from high school to college. Um, I would always did well, but I felt always under recruited and kind of underlooked. So I felt like an underdog. I had a chip on my shoulder. I felt like I had to do the extra work um, to, to get noticed and, you know, get my opportunity. And um, so when I got the call, and flew in the next morning, went up to the, to the upstairs office and signed the three-year deal, like instantly overnight, it was, you know, like, like, uh, you, you know, probably a lot of listeners have seen the HBO shows ballers. They've probably seen hard knocks. Like it was literally the perfect storm of both of those. It was all the hardcore, super intense alpha male energy insanely competitive pressure cooker type environment while also you've got supermodels and like money all around you and red carpet this and that and fancy flashy luxury everything like it was pretty nuts right um so at that age i'm living the dream right so <laughs> <laughs> everything was great and um what made it even better was I'm coming in the in, onto the scene, not as a first round draft pick, not as the second coming of Jesus, you know, just kind of coming as a, uh, I guess, lower on the totem pole kind of guy. And right out the gate, I make a big play, like my very first play of practice. And I, I blow up, you know, uh, pro bowler, hall of famer, Bob Sanders, strong safety. And, you know, North Turner throws his clipboard and he's like, there you go, Rogers. And like, dude, I, I had arrived, you know, like first play. And from that moment on, um, it was insane. Now the whole catch on my story and where my, my journey, my, my career wasn't what I had hoped and dreamed it to be. 
is I got moved from tight end to fullback. At tight end, I played that in college. I played running back in high school. I love having the ball in my hands. I'm a football player. I'm a guy who's like, I got a nose for scoring. Like I'm, I'm super offensive minded, like, get me the ball. I want to win. Let's go, you know, game time. I want the ball in my hands. Um, so tight end was a great position for me. I got to block, you know, half the time, the other time I'm running out, catching touchdowns, catching passes. So it was great. Now getting moved to fullback, I played great, was doing great. North Turner was telling me I was going to have a long career, like over and over again. But as we were just talking about, that's, that's probably the worst position when it comes to head injuries, because out of all players on the field, you're the one who is uh, running between the guards and the tackles on ISO plays, just going head on collisions with linebackers and defensive tackles. And those gaps, as you know, like when you're running between the tackles and the guards and the tackles, like they're narrow and you're not leading with your shoulder. Like you're supposed to hit guys you're leading with your head because it's so narrow. Like that's the only way to blow up the guy in front of you. And so every single contact, every single collision, every single play that you're in the game, you're literally crushing your brain in. And just instantly I felt like, Holy crap, this isn't good (laughs) because you know, at tight end, the guy you're blocking is one or two yards away. And that's not a big, massive collision. Now you're having a huge, massive wrestling match with six foot seven and eight giants and guys that are 300 plus pounds and the strongest guys in the field. So it's still a battle, but it's, it's not the head on collision. So I just felt it right away, man. And I knew like, this isn't good. This isn't good. This isn't going to last long doing this, but I was now in this dilemma of, do I walk away from the dream or do I just kind of suffer through this and, you know, keep the, keep the, you know, status and keep the opportunities and, and keep the money and do all these kind of things that I'd worked so hard my entire life to get to, you know, how was I going to walk away from this? But, um, I just remember when I had to start icing my head after practices, (laughs) it was kind of a sign that this, this was not the best life choice. And you know what? Games were actually easier. I talk about this with some of my other other buddies who played in the NFL and they say the same thing. When I say that, they're like, dude, the games were easier. Like you had more breaks. You weren't, you know, doing the same drills, just beating your head in. Like, dude, I, I agree with you. Games were actually easier. Um, so it was tough, man. I had to make the hardest decision in my life to basically turn my back to the game and just move on. And You know, the questions I always get are like, well, why didn't you go back to tight end? Well, why didn't you just, you know, go to another team and do something else? Like those opportunities were there. I spoke to other teams and I knew those were, but once your head starts to get soft from from beating it in, it's soft, dude. It doesn't just like harden back up. It's not like a bone that heals stronger. It's not something that gets better. And even to this day, like playing with my kids, I got four kids now. If I'm playing soccer and I'm kicking the ball up to myself and I do a little header because I'm like, well, I'm playing soccer. I want to do a header. Even just like a a not big, not even like a uh, just a a header to myself. I'm just goofing around with my kids. It rings my bell. I feel it, dude. And I'm like, oh, man, I I did a lot of damage there, you know. 
So I got to avoid hitting my head at all costs if I want to live the long life I want to live and and be healthy throughout it. So that's my story, man. I had to walk away and it was not an easy choice. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com. Go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure. Or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Man, I, I think that's fascinating. And I, you know, I, I remember my last, I did the New York State Golden Gloves and my business partner was like, do whatever you got to do for this fight. But afterwards, like, we're going to have a serious talk about how we need your brain for our real estate business. And I was like, oh yeah, like that's true. That is kind of an important thing. Like maybe I shouldn't get punched <laughs> in the head every day, but yeah, it's right, man. Like when you start to like appreciate it. And, and like you said, the second that's in your head now, it's, you can't really go back there, but nope. you know, my, my buddy, Eddie Gordon, he, he said something I, I think is interesting. He was like, you know, when I win a fight, you know, I win the ultimate fighter, I do X, Y, and Z, a football guy, whatever. If I do great, I'm going to go and I'm going to eat Big Macs and I'm going to party and I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to do all these things for three days. And then I'm going to go right back to what I'm doing. He goes, and if I get knocked out, if I get cut, if I lose a game, if I break up with a girl, whatever horrible thing I'm having, I'm going to cry. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to let myself feel it. I'm going to be nasty. I'm going to be angry for three days. And then I'm going to go right back to what I'm doing. So that human relationship of kind of giving yourself that thing, when you go through something that you put your whole life into like that, how long did it take you? And what type of internal conversations were you having with yourself to kind of like pick yourself up and then get to that realization, like you said, of like, you know what? No, I'm I'm not going to be a nobody. I'm going to do something with this. Like, what was that timeline? Like, what were those conversations like? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I think that's the biggest thing that athletes struggle with is that transition. And it's, it's, dude, it's a childhood dream to live out playing the sport. Like it's a kid's game, right? Whatever yeah. sport you're in, it's a kid's game. It makes you feel full of life. It makes you feel alive. And to not do that anymore. It's like, what? Why, why would I not keep doing this? It doesn't make sense. This is, this is what I live for, you know? So <clears throat> I think a lot of athletes struggle because of that aspect of, and their identity. That's who they are. Like how else are people going to know who I am? Cause that's, that is who I am, right? What else am I? What else am I good at? What else am I passionate about? That that's it. And I'd say to my, to my credit, into my, to help me get to where I got now, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I almost didn't even think about it at all. I don't know how I turned that off, but I just, I just went straight forward on what's next. What else am I going to do? And, um, had a college buddy I played football with who said, Hey, I got an opportunity for you. This great corporate job, um, you know, tech company in the San Francisco Bay area, they're about to go public. Like I can walk you in the door and thinking to myself, well, you know, corporate job. I mean, it sounded like something that would be a great money-making opportunity, something that I might've enjoyed doing life after football. I'm like, dude, this is going to be a cakewalk. Like 
I'm built for war. So how hard could this be, you know, slapping a keyboard around. So <laughs> he walked me in, in the door, got the job. And the very short story on that was I busted my butt for 14 months until I got a pay raise. That's when I, I got my pay raise. Now, mind you, I just walked away from a seven figure contract to now a $65,000 salary in the San Francisco Bay area at a corporate job. And in the San Francisco Bay area, that's like making negative money. Like you're poor, you know what I mean? Um, and so money dried up really fast for me. So I was thinking to myself, okay, they're going to give me a big pay raise. Like I need this. I'm ready to like, I showed, I showed how much hard work and discipline and like, they're going to realize that I'm not some chump. Like they're ready to give me some money. They gave me a $2,000 increase in my salary to $67,000. Like my, I felt so sick and nauseous to my stomach as I'm staring across the face, you know, face to face with my, my manager, great guy, but it was like, that's all that he could offer me. And it's because of the position I was in. It wasn't like a sales job where I could get big commissions or anything, but that was it, dude. And I just thought to myself, dude, I am going to be a nobody. I'm going to have to like move back in with my parents or something like that. If I don't figure this out on my own. And just to get real with people for a second, during this time, when I went from this to the $65,000 salary in the San Francisco Bay Area, where you're basically making a negative income, money dried up. The money I had made dried up real fast. And I'm not joking. There was a period of time where in order to eat, to buy groceries, I had to use my new Target credit card that my wife got to buy groceries because our other credit cards were maxed out and I was living paycheck to paycheck. Like I literally had to buy groceries from Target using the Target credit card that we had recently got because money was that tight, dude. And I was like, I got to do something here, you know? And um, I just thought to myself, what else do I even like? You know, what, what else do I even like? Dude, I like sports. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that came to my head, literally the only thing that came to my head was just sitting down with my parents, uh, watching HGTVs <laughs> type shows, you know, love it or listed. And like, uh, you know, all these different shows. And I'm like, well, real estate's cool. You know, I remember thinking maybe I want to be a realtor when I grow up. Um, that could be kind of cool. Um, I, you mentioned at the beginning, I remember late night Dean Graciosi, uh, late night infomercials talking about getting started in real estate investing. So I'm like, maybe real estate's it. And I just, I, I was in my 424 square foot studio <laughs> in San Francisco, just super low on money. And I typed in how to get started in real estate. And I found a podcast, dude, found a free podcast from Sean Terry talking about how you can get started with little or no money, which was music to my ears. And thought, dude, let me, let me check this out. What's this all about? So I listened to the first podcast and he's talking about how you can get started in real estate with little to no money, wholesaling houses. I don't know what the heck wholesaling houses is. You can find properties directly from homeowners through different marketing strategies and how you could sell those to other buyers looking for deals like this. And you can make good chunks of money. 
And he's talking about pest control guys who were making $20,000 salaries now making multiple six figures and all these things. And I'm thinking, okay, if this guy can do it, I can do it. Like, come on, like, let's check this out. So um, I did my first deal in three months, just listening to that free podcast and taking action. I didn't join the course. I didn't have a mentor. It was just listening to that free podcast and doing what it said to do and took action. And I was just so obsessed with the idea that this could be the vehicle to get me back to that dream life. I saw what was possible and I knew I wanted it back so bad. And I had, I had to figure it out on my own. I had to become somebody again. And so I took action and got my first deal, got the proof of concept. And from there, I didn't look back, man. That is inspiring as hell, man. I love that. I got goosebumps listening to the end there. That was sick. <laughs> now, the story uh, isn't all rainbows and butterflies. Like, I think it's the, it's the hero's journey of like, getting going and finding this, this new opportunity, getting the living shit kicked out of you over and over again, crawling back up, just getting the strength of being like, I'm back. I got this. And then getting knocked down again, dude, um, almost knocked unconscious and just finding a way to get back up like Rocky Balboa. And that's, that was my journey, man. And now 10 years into it, the past few years have been the winning season and where I have really like overcome those obstacles that I created my own self. You know, they were mistakes that I made either trusting the wrong person or not doing the right due diligence and jumping into something blindly that I should have known better. Like it was too obvious. Why'd you do that? But apparently I needed to learn the lesson, but coming out on the other side, I can say feels so rewarding. Like, as anyone listening to this as an athlete or anyone else that's been successful in business, when you know that you just had a big win and you knew what it took to get there, you knew all the extra days, all the extra nights, early mornings, all the sweat and tears that you had to put in to stand on top as the winner. Like that's where I'm at right now. And it feels so damn good, you know? <laughs> Well-deserved, man. I think that that's incredible, you know, and uh, positioning that now, when you go from, where you were to where you are. And one of the things I was going to say was like, what are some common mistakes for? But I think that that was a, a perfect thing about just the accountability. Cause I, th I think it's so important when, you know, I know you, you did like fortune builders. Like we, we've all been yeah. to the point where we like take stuff and then you talk to people, they go, oh, I did that. It, it didn't work. It was a scam. It was this, it was like, well, yeah. but you quit after a year. Like that's never. And I know so many people, like when you go into those bigger rooms, I think they see you on social media and they go, yeah, but that guy had a bunch of football money. So he went into it with millions and he just, Everything he touched was great. They don't realize, I wish. dude. I wish. Exactly. <laughs> every person in that that family, like everybody's got a story of like a business partner ripping them off, losing everything, like houses. But they just keep coming back, and that's the thing I always loved about real estate. I tell people like, at some point, even if I did want to do something else, it's not like you're in for fifteen grand and now you can just pivot. Like you will people hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's nothing else you can do to go and make that money back now besides real estate. It's like the mafia, dude. Like once you're in, it's really hard to get out, like, <laughs> you know, but going yeah. from where you were to where you are now, like the market's changed a lot. Things are different. What would you say right now is one of the best ways that you're finding deals? Wow. Uh, best ways to find deals. So I, I do everything. I do everything from a marketing standpoint. We do a hundred deals a year. And out of those hundred, 
the I'd say 60% of them are a mix of TV ads, radio ads, Google pay per click, um, direct mail. We're doing like pretty much everything you could do from a marketing standpoint. The other 40%, which is the most exciting part of the business, is through relationships. I think a lot of people overlook the power of relationships to even when you're getting started. I think a lot of people underestimate the value that they can offer. They're thinking to themselves, well, dude, I don't have any money. I don't have any experience. What, what can I really offer? It's you. It's you. It's your, it's your effort. It's your, um, it's your action taking. And once you get that fire going in you and you start taking action, you start networking and meeting people and putting out that positive energy and trying to do right and trying to, to add value in any way that you can, things happen. Opportunities magically appear. And you know, it's, you can get very tactical about it. I know we're very tactical about how we build those relationships. And it's just going out and talking about doing deals with other people that are looking to do deals or are already doing deals. And you'd be amazed if you get in the right community or you bring the right attitude, the right mindset to the conversation, new opportunities and relationships can form. And so we have 40% of our deals that come from other people. It started to become a thing. I branded it our friends with benefits program. So, you know, you actually get a t-shirt if we do a deal together and you get out of the friend zone, you're now friends with benefits. <laughs> we've made, we've made money together. And um, it's exciting, man. It's really exciting because once you realize that there's this blue ocean of other people in the world, then every connection you make is a new opportunity. And if you have that abundance mindset, you have the law of attraction, like you're putting that type of energy out there, then you're going to attract those kind of people. You're going to attract those kind of opportunities. And obviously, as you could imagine, it's when, you know, uh, it's, it's being prepared and, you know, having the right information and knowledge around the game to be, be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they're there. Dude, that friends with benefits branding is freaking genius, dude. The first time <laughs> I heard you say that, I was like, that's amazing. Like, that's so good, dude. That's <laughs> really good stuff. That's fun. You get yeah, I'd say marketing, you know, if you didn't go into this, marketing would have been a good thing for you, man. All that stuff's really it's become awesome. a thing, yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm going to tell you I'm not creative and I admit it too, but there's a little tiny one percent of creativeness in me, and it, it comes through sometimes in the in the right way. So but that's isn't that like with the, like successful marketing guys, they get that like one or two in their lifetime, and that's their thing, right? I feel like you nailed it. So even if that's the only one you get, dude, freaking yeah. top notch, dude. That's going down in history. That's great stuff, you know. <laughs> So another thing I think is interesting. So you're, you're doing mostly California, which, um, you know, interesting because some people, every man's trash is like another man's treasure. I wouldn't do deals here. Another person's making millions of dollars there. But I like that you still live in California, but you're doing stuff virtually. I think that's a big struggle for a lot of people. Like, what is your day-to-day -day like? Like, how do you communicate with your teams? How often are you checking stuff? How are you paying attention? Because people assume, oh, you're doing it virtually. That means you have no idea what's happening in your business every day. And with technology, obviously there are ways to do that. So talk a little bit about how you run your business from afar. Yeah, it's pretty funny because if you were, because I work at home, um, if you were to follow me around throughout the day without knowing you know, what conversation is being had, you can't hear the other person on the other side of the phone. 
it looks like I'm doing nothing. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) it looks like I'm doing nothing, but just kind of, you know, glancing at my phone throughout the day, um, you know, jumping on the computer, doing stuff like this, but it doesn't look like I'm doing anything of, of substantial, you know, effort. And whereas if I was in my market and I was, you know, one of my team members, or I just couldn't help myself, I wanted to get more in the trenches. Like you'd see me out at all these properties all throughout the day, driving around town, (laughs) you know, walking through houses and, you know, dealing with uh, squatters at properties and like, dealing with all this drama that would make a great TV show, but that doesn't look what my, that's not what my life looks like. It looks like I'm just cruising around like today, not to brag too much. I, I, my wife wasn't feeling good. So I took three of the four kids out and we drove the golf cart down the, the one Oh one in San Diego here. We were, you know, went on a hike. Um, we got some smoothies (laughs) and like we had a good, a good morning. You know, we, we spent most of the, the day out because the wife needed some space. And, um, you know, we had two deals closed today, two deals closed today. One was a, a $10,000 wholesale deal, nothing too, too crazy. And one was an $85,000 profit on a flip. And, you know, I just carried on with my day. I didn't need to do anything. Um, so I do that because I have a team. I can do that because I have a team. Um, I have a business partner. Uh, we're both partners in the business and he's the boots on the ground. He doesn't like to do the marketing stuff. He doesn't get it. He doesn't like it. Um, he doesn't like to be on a computer ever. And so he wants to be at projects. He wants to be, you know, getting his hands dirty. And, you know, he's the guy who's kicking tenants, uh, kicking squatters out of properties who are breaking into our properties. You know, he's the one who's getting his eyeballs on the properties, making sure the numbers are right. And we have, you know, a couple acquisitions guys. Um, we have a, a business relationship guy who deals with the friends with benefits program. We have an office manager. We have a leads manager who's a VA. So we have a full team who is constantly around the clock working on the business. And at this point, because I've done, I've worn every single hat <laughs> at the same time. Um, at this point, I'm just kind of overseeing what's happening. And and it took time. It took lot of effort and um, very thankful to be at this place now. And now I've, I've had to transform and elevate into being a leader and like, how can I lead? How can I inspire? How can I hold people accountable? And how can I get, continue to get the same results and more, right? And it starts with the leader. It starts with the visionary. And um, so I, I've got the unique ability to be the visionary as well as the integrator, the person who's figuring out how to make things work and how to have systems and processes and, you know, integrate different things together. And so it's, it's a fun game that I like to play. That's amazing, man. Congrats on all your success. Dude. That's really incredible. And those two deals, that that's awesome, dude. I love that stuff. It's fun. Yeah. You know, so you're talking about the being kind of like the face and the relationships. Now it pivots a little bit. I know we're running a little, a little uh, short on time here, but your social media game is outstanding, man. And I know that was something you really kind of boosted up recently though. Talk about a, a little bit of how social media has changed your business and any tips you have on like, how can somebody help boost their social media? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, social media, I still feel like I admittedly don't have it down. Um, like, I feel like I know what I need to do. There's still so much to do and so many ways I can get better. And and I laugh too, because you go look at my social media right now on Instagram, you go to, to at Dean Rogers, real estate, go check me out right now as you're hearing this. 
I don't have a lot of followers. I don't. And I know I will. I'm going to keep working <laughs> at it. I know I will, but I don't have a lot. And that's, that's proof that it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's not how many are watching. It's who is watching. It's not how many people are watching. It's who is watching. So if you're chasing the number of followers, you're chasing the wrong thing. What you need to be doing is finding ways to add value to the people that are watching. And so for me specifically, when it comes to social media, I have built my coaching business for coaching people, how to get started in real estate and build a business and, and have success strictly through social media. That's the only way that I've, I haven't done any marketing yet. I will, but I haven't yet. It's all been through social media. Um, the Friends with Benefits program, which has made millions of dollars, was strictly through social media. I'm virtual, living in San Diego. My business is in Central California. These other wholesalers, real estate investors, um, people who are buying rental properties, realtors, like all these different people in the industry that I'm doing deals with were met virtually through social media. And it was all about sharing my journey. You got to share your journey. If you're not documenting your journey right now and what you're doing, no matter where you're at, you're missing out on the biggest opportunity. You're missing out on the biggest opportunity. And that is to showcase what it is you're doing. And a lot of people get caught up and do it wrong by pretending to be somebody that they wish they were rather than who they are right now. And the reality is, is if you share who you are right now, people are going to see that authenticity and they're actually going to like you more because they want to see that hero's journey. They'd rather see a come up than you just always winning and you got all these things and then they realize you're full of you know what. <laughs> so share who you really are. And it could be like, hey guys, I'm just getting started. I'm looking to do this. I want to connect with people. That's cool. People like that. They want that kind of energy, that new excited energy. And then if you actually follow through with what you said you're going to do, oh, they actually are doing stuff. This is cool. I want to see where they go now. Like I actually enjoy watching people that are just getting started and having some success. I like watching their stories on social media more than my friends who are already winning. I already know they're winning. I already know they're, they've made it. I want to, I want to, I want to see and feel that new hungry, excited energy because it gives me energy too. So keep that in mind. Don't pretend to be somebody you're not be who you really are. Document your journey and sh share what you're doing. And don't be afraid to have calls to action. Don't be afraid to ask, but you can't always ask. You got to be giving value, giving value, giving value, and then ask. And if you can do that, then social media can be insanely powerful. Man, that's such good info, man. Uh, yeah, you've been really great with your time, man. Before we get into the, I want all the ways people can find you, getting wholesale and playbook, all that stuff. The last question I have is now that you're a coach and you are coaching people how to do these things, there's so many guys that can kick my butt, but they can't teach me how they they did it. And I realized recently I was out, um, you know, taking a jujitsu class with one of my buddies who's like an MA fighter. And he's like, man, that was great. I was like, it was okay. And then I realized like how spoiled I am by being able to travel around the country and constantly be being taught by like the best coaches, like in the entire sport, like legends, you know? So you start to see like what high level coaching is being that you have been around literally high, like the highest level of coaching for athletes. Has that taught you how to be a better coach now that you're coaching people in real estate. Absolutely. Cause I get the perspective, right? I get what it's like to be on both sides. 
And I think I've seen what's helped me the most, right? If I've seen what's helped me the most get the best results and what that coach was like, then I know how I need to translate that to, to me being a coach. So that's, that's, what's been really helpful is being around, um, you know, the high level performers being around those coaches so that I can understand, like, this is what it takes to be a good coach. This is what it takes to get results out of other people. And yeah, I'd say that's, that's definitely helped a lot. That's huge, dude. That's going to play a, a pivotal part. Like that's what I look for is uh, the stuff that you're saying, man, the way you, you explain things and the way that you're not afraid to share your losses. Cause I don't want, I know you can make money in real estate. What I look for a good coach is don't tell me all the great things. Tell me the stuff I don't want to hear. Like scare me off. Tell me the stuff, yeah. you know, the stuff that I'm going to have to go through. And the fact that you've taken those beatings, you know, that's like Matt Saroy says, there was that guy. He was like, dude, you're like a swimming instructor. that's never been in the water. You've been in the water. You know what it's like to have to like swim and doggy paddle for your lives, man. So yeah. talking about all those things, DeanRogers.com, your social media, wholesaling playbook. How do people work with you? How are you helping people right now? Like, Talk all the ways you can help our listeners. Yeah. So uh, I like to say this always at the end of these podcasts. If you've liked anything that we've talked about, if, if you received any value, you enjoy the story, the biggest opportunity is for us to connect, really connect and talk and follow each other and now be, you know, in, in our own like community together in one way, shape or form. So if you don't reach out to me and actually connect with me on Instagram, and DM me, then it's a huge missed opportunity. So do it. I, I get in my DMs. I respond to them. So go to Instagram, follow me at Dean Rogers Real Estate. Would love to connect um, with anybody that's listening. That would be incredible. Also, if you are interested in getting started in real estate, I have the wholesaling playbook that literally walks you step-by-step step on how you can do this. And I think that's important, like understanding step one, step two, step three, and how you can chip away at this to start building the disciplines and actually start to get success in the business. So you can find out more about that. If you go to deanrogers.com forward slash coaching, um, you can, you can apply there and then we'll jump on the phone. We'll talk about it, but I, I just love connecting with as many people as possible. Cause I've seen it firsthand. It opens up more doors and more opportunities. So look forward to connecting with people. That's awesome, man. And you have a phenomenal podcast with tons of great guests too. Uh, people can find that through the website as well. Yep. Yep. You can go to deanrogers.com and you'll see all my different uh, YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff. Awesome, man. And for anybody listening, obviously I have live links for all that in the show notes when this comes out. And if you're ever looking for some uh, entrepreneurial real estate, other athletes from the UFC side, man, I'm happy to always connect you with whoever you are, man. This has been awesome, dude. You are uh, an absolute stud. I, I watched you on stage at Family Mastermind, and I thought you were great, man. You had charisma, the stuff you were saying, your energy, your vibe was great. You looked ridiculous sitting next to Kathy Fetke. <laughs> Size difference out there in the front of the stage is so funny, though, man. But I really appreciate you having having uh, you coming on and being so cool and just being so open with your story, man. I find you very inspiring. I'm looking forward to seeing you again in September at the next Family Mastermind. Before I let you go, sir, you brought your A-game to everything you've done in life. This interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A-game today. But any final thoughts before we let you go about your day? The biggest thing, man, is just taking action. Uh, you know what you need to do. You know that there's something better. You know there's a bigger opportunity. You've been an athlete, right? Or you've been successful in business. Like, take take action. Don't don't let this opportunity uh, go away. Like, you got to take the action. You got to follow some of these things you've already been doing in in your your prior life into your new life. So, 
Um, that's the biggest thing is you got to take action. I love that, man. Wise words in the mic drop at the end, man. You're an absolute stud. I really appreciate it. Have a fantastic day, man. Congratulations. Have a great day. So what's it be?